I've been having a, certain aspects of my life, a very strong principle uh, is revealed over and over and over again. And this, this topic is important to me, so when it is revealed, it, it produces, uh, you know, because I have a lot of frustration when it doesn't work out, but it's revealed to me a very important uh, principle. And that is the, the value of a correct diagnosis. Very, 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 very important. Like I, my newest one was just today. I had to go see this ear, nose, and throat guy because pretty bad sinuses or whatever. And uh, while before I went to see him for the last week or two, the best I could come up with was to do these nasal sprays and every once in a while do a neti wah pot, you know. Thank God I didn't take any allergy medication or anything. And so I go and he looks at the CAT scan that the hospital did and he reads the thing and he just looks at my nose and then like a split second he says, oh, there's polyps in there. Yeah, and he actually operated on me like 15 years ago for the same thing. And he says, there's no way anything can get in. So all your sprays... <laughs> <laughs> We're just hitting the polyp and just coming back. Everything I was taking, taking was thwarted by the presence of the polyp. Yeah. <laughs> so here I am, religiously swishing up. Then nothing could get in there, only one side worked, whatever. And probably it irritated the polyps a lot more than if I hadn't done anything. Yeah. So the polyps grew bigger eating my solutions. Yeah. It's mind-boggling. This has happened to me many times in my life where I have this noble feeling that I'm doing the best I can do. I study and I like that. But I have a diet. The diagnosis isn't correct. Yeah? I'm thinking I have like allergies or sinusitis, whatever the hell you say. And so I religiously jump into a path of action based on that knowledge. Yet the path of action, in a very, very ironic way, produces a stronger adverse effect on the exact thing I wanted to sort of get relief from. Yeah? And the more I'm paying out for the stuff, and the more religious I'm doing it, and the more hope has to arise because no real reaction has occurred, <laughs> and, and that carrot, oh, but it's going to work, it works for others, goes on, but really nothing goes. Yeah? And I, can num- I have about eight of them in my life. This, one, this is what I truly believe with alcoholism. Now, because of alcohol, alcoholism, it's so extremely hostile that if you get a little bit of relief from it, it seems like a huge amount of relief from it, yeah? But if you're misdiagnosing it, and to me, the misdiagnosis, this is just my humble, humble offering, is that I don't believe the root of the problem obviously, is drinking and using. That they even say in the book. Those are just symptoms, yeah? I don't believe what they say is the root of the problem, which is obsession with self. You know, we're extremely self-centered, and that's all we do is think about us, yeah? That is the activity of the problem, yeah? That's the activity of the root cause. But that activity of the root cause has to go on to keep up, to keep the root cause in place, because I believe... The root cause is identification as that idea of being Paul, which being, is being presented and pointed at and inferred and assumed by the thought system going off all day. Yeah, That feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yeah, Not just the body, because you know, I've seen my own head hate the body. So the, the head doesn't think it's a body, it thinks it has a body. Yeah, And the head doesn't really get... It believes that it's consciousness, but it isn't consciousness. It's just a mental activity. But it has taken and claimed the onness and, and the aware quality of being alive as its own, and it's fixated that idea with the body as its fucking proof. Yeah? So I'm the one who's seeing, I'm the one who's hearing, I'm the one who's feeling, I'm the one who's tasting, I'm the one who's touching yeah? or smelling. But if you just look at the bodily functions, you can't say you're the one who's digesting. You can't say you're the one who's shitting. 
You can't say you're the one who's pumping the heart. You can't say you're the one that's running the nervous system. The only thing you can have a little bit of say about is the is the process of breathing. It's the only main process of the body that's half voluntary and half involuntary. Every other process is involuntary. Yeah. So the idea to claim that you're the beater of your heart seems freaking absurd, doesn't it? If someone says, oh, I gotta go home and watch my beating, I'm having a little, gotta get more practice and beat, I gotta follow what I ate last Saturday, I got a burrito that's lurking in there somewhere, I gotta get to it, I'll see you later. And then you would laugh, ha, 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 ha. But you're assuming you're the thinker of the thoughts. Don't you? The way the thought stream is being held is they're yours. Is there? That you have something to do with them. And actually to the point where you believe you're the thinker of them. Yeah? Yet all the other demonstrations of main, of main processes of what we call being alive are totally involuntary. They're going off as if they were predestined to do what they're doing, yeah? And you have almost, you, the idea of you, has very little say in the matter. You can destroy it, but you can't do much else, right? <laughs> but this very subtle process of the brain and the body, yeah? This thing called thinking, you believe you're the thinker, and no one's laughing at that. No one thinks, oh, that's fucking funny, you're the thinker of these fucking things. You know what I mean? I don't even know where they come from. I don't know where they go, but I think they're mine. <laughs> it's a pretty big leap. But aren't we living in that assumption? Every watch. When you hear a voice, when you hear a, when you hear a thought, it sounds like it's you. But that use, the relevance of it being you is just based, it sounds like the vocal cords of this body. So now you're saying you're the body. Yeah, because the thoughts, because the thoughts, if you heard thoughts in, let's say, a female voice, you would have a distinct immunity to them. You would actually have wisdom about them, and you go, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. But as soon as it sounds like yours, you're already deep in a trance. And so it will run stuff in your head, and against all evidence to the contrary, it'll make it seem like getting loaded is a damn good idea. It really will. Yeah. It was, and it sure sounds like it. After you've been listening to it, build up its case. Maybe it was in ten minutes. Maybe it's been a month where you start getting resentments towards others. You start separating. You start complaining about where you need to go to get your medicine meetings. And, oh, I don't like that guy or this guy. And slowly but surely, it's taking you to a beautiful jumping off point. Not like the one they talk about recovery, but the jumping off point is at the cliff of fucking. Yeah. Once you arrive at fuck it and you have no immunity, you go for it. You're jumping off with all the fucking false solutions. Oh yeah, I think it sounds like a great idea to sleep with my best friend's wife. Yeah, it sounds fucking great. Makes a lot of sense. I'm dying to get her. Dying. Yeah. You know, oh fuck them. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I'm gonna drink. You know what I mean? Oh shit, a shot of coke sounds really great. Oh yeah? And what about the sirens ten minutes later? They sound great? No, no, forget that. Oh, yes. Yes, but then you're there in the hotel room for the next eight hours. <laughs> At Hotel Six or something. <laughs> Jesus. And it jackpots us all the fucking time. We have no immunity to it. I'm saying the first place where the immunity is lost is seeing a thought and thinking it's yours. Because that's what it is. That, that one thought that it's yours precedes all the other thoughts. That's the bonding. It's not the thoughts that are running by all day. It's the first one, which is, they're mine. Oh, these are incredibly about me. And you know, no matter how much it fails, you'll take it to be the Greek oracle. There's a certain swoon that goes up, that happens to our mind when the my is introduced. Yeah, just like your whole behavior changes. Let's say you're going out with a nice girl or a guy, or whatever. Yeah, and you're having a, a good time. It's nice, relaxed. And then one night, it just changes in your head, and she becomes my girlfriend. Now suddenly. The whole parameters of the relationship start changing. Now you start thinking you have the right to know what she's doing when she's not with you. Because she's my girlfriend. Maybe it will go to an extreme where you'd be breaking into her email. 
And so, let's see who Deb's, you know, communicating with lately. <laughs> this didn't come across your head at all until the my got introduced to it. The my changes fucking everything. This, this, the real solution isn't on the other side of my, where you have to start disavowing what was never yours to begin with, but before it's claimed, to live in the disavowment of being the owner of these things, to being the owner of the thoughts, to being the owner of the feelings, and then an immunity grows. You see feelings and thoughts, you still see them in all the ways you see them, hearing, sensing them, feeling them, whatever, but there's a difference in it. There's a difference, because now it isn't a thought, right, dealing with a thought. There's, you are something prior to the thought. You are an awareness, or a consciousness, or a spirit. And in that's, that's the solution to being fooled by thoughts, because you're not a thought at that point. But when you believe fervently you're the thinker of the thoughts, that is a thought. You've given up your sense of spiritual, your spiritual nature, and you've been taken on a mental nature. Yeah? You're totally based on a thought system. You become the center of self-centeredness. And that system has failed us. It says it very clearly in the fear inventory. Why are you in so much fear today? Why? Simple question. Why are you in so much fear today? Well, let me tell you the ways. Nope, he doesn't let us do that. He stops it with a period. He says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? And then he leaves it at that. Sit with that. Jesus Christ. So he's saying, all the anxiety I have, all of it, no matter what different topic it's about, but all of it isn't generated by the topic, but it's generated by reliance on self. The topic is just tickling what's already there. Just like with, with bad sinuses, everything can be disruptive. You're like open to be affected by everything. A cold day going up there hurts like hell. Allergies attack you. It's not so much the allergies, they're just potential possibilities, but you're sitting there like a nest for them all. You're like in a, you're like in a Petri dish, to, you know, asking for germs to fucking come in and mutate with you. Yeah? So the solution isn't there, it's this way. Yeah? That's why it says the daily reprieve in recovery, the daily reprieve is contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. To me, the highest form of maintenance of a spiritual condition is the realization you are one. Yeah? You cannot have that realization as a mental product. You cannot. You'll think you're spiritual, but you'll be thinking you're spiritual from a mental product. That's not spiritual. Spiritual is spirit. You are either spirit or you're not. You are not a body that can, can become spiritual, and you're definitely not a mental process that can become spiritual. It's a mental process already. Yeah, it can't leave its own foundation. Just like they say, self can't get out of self. Why? Because self is projected in a system of thought and interpretation called self-centeredness. If it could possibly leave there, which it can't, it would be no thing. It can't leave what's making it. If it were left what is making it, it wouldn't be made and therefore wouldn't appear to exist. You can have that realization now. It's the spiritual revelation. That's what it is. You realize you've never existed as this mental idea. So an immunity starts building. How, what, how does that translate? I don't know how it's going to translate for you. That's the beauty of it. The translation will be all, all unique, but where it's stemming from will not be. Yeah? There's one will of the solution, and yet it, it, it varies whatever chalice it comes through. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. But you will travel lighter. And in traveling lighter, you'll get to know, first of all, you'll know the problem from the solution. Instead of trying to know the problem from the problem, or trying to know the solution from the problem, you actually know the problem from the solution. And what that really is, what it boils down to, the problem, no matter how increasingly heavy it seems to be, is inherently imaginary. It's an appearance that has to be fortified all day. That's why your mind is obsessing over a self. If you were a self, you wouldn't, you wouldn't need one thought to feel like one. You would be a self. Yeah? 
You'd, the feeling of being a self would already be there. You wouldn't have to have thousands of thoughts all day to reinforce the idea of being you. And where are most of those thoughts based on? Are they based on the reality of being alive now or past or future? They come from the past and project into a future. They're not even a product of here. They're a product happening here, but they're not a product of here. They're a product of this fascination with there and then. And it produces an irritability and restlessness and discontentment. And that demand becomes the imperative. You're going to seek like crazy to get relief. Yet, just like I've been seeking like crazy to get relief from the sinuses, without the right diagnosis, all comes, the results are nil unless let go absolutely. Unless all the old ideas are let go absolutely, the results are actually nil. That's a pretty profound statement he's making, yeah? Now, what to me is the oldest idea? The oldest idea I've ever entertained is that I'm a body, that I'm of this mental projection, yeah? Without that being looked at, the results will be nil because even recovery will be claimed by the problem. When the diseases aspects are being expressed in my life, I will be wringing the truth of them by saying they're mine. These are my resentments. These are my fears. These are mine acting out. You can't profess allegiance to the solution from the problem. You have to just see you're not the problem. That's the solution. Yeah. Why would he say in the book, I'm pretty sure it says this, I haven't read it in a while, but that we're not people who have a problem, we are the problem. Yeah. Now, if you really are the problem, you're up Shit's Creek, really, because it seems to be you're going to be the you until you die, and you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe you can add some additions and subtract, but basically, you're not going to get rid of you. So if you are the problem, then it's very clear. It doesn't say you have a problem. You are the problem. How could you be or seemingly be the problem by being identified as the problem? If you were identified as the problem, the feeling would be you are the problem because you would be claiming to be the parasite of alcoholism. You would actually be claiming to be that. So at that moment... For all intents and purposes, you are living as if you're the problem. It's not true, it's seemingly, it's appearing to be true or false to us, but for, for all intents and purposes, I am the problem. So that's an incredibly sound statement. Because if it, if it was anything other than identification as, it would be you have a problem, you have alcohols, you have a problem, you drink too much, you have a problem, you don't have enough money, you have a problem, we haven't been screwed in years, you have a problem, you have a problem, you have a problem. And that would make sense. But he's not going that way. He's saying, you are the problem. The only way I could feel that would be through identification as. I couldn't, no matter how much I obsessed over coke, and I obsessed over coke. I mean, I liked shooting coke. But I never thought I was cocaine, ever. I never crossed that line and became cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) If I did, I wouldn't have wanted to shoot coke. If I was already coke, <laughs> it would be redundant. I'm going to shoot some more of me. <laughs> but we're starting way past an obsession. We're identified as. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's why its immunity is the immunity to the solution. The solution produces an immunity to the problem. The problem produces an immunity to the solution. How? Because it claims to be you. So when you approach the solution, you're approaching it as the fucking problem. You'll embrace wholeheartedly the solution. But what's claiming to be the one in the solution is the inherent problem. A misidentification of what we are. Of course you're going to get relief, some relief. But radical freedom? (laughs) You can hear it with people. When we share, oh man, I'm totally, totally free. But it's always bookended, but I'm still crazy. Don't worry, I'm still just as fucked as everyone else here. No. You can be a free-range alcoholic. You can be truly free. Free from alcoholism a day at a time. What would that do? Find out. 
may be really becoming to you. You may really get into it. You'll have to give up things you love, like the idea of being special and right and all like that. Yeah. But after you start getting enough free samples, it's a good deal. You realize, Jesus Christ, I'm holding out to be special. Fuck, I'm getting old now. <laughs> I think I missed the boat on that. You know what I mean? They're planning on trying to euthanize me, and I'm worried, how am I mugging? <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is more about us. Uh, and you know, you think a lot of times you'd be, it would be like this, but it's more like this. It just like spreads. You feel really, really... Uh, here, yeah. where my whole idea of spirituality is transcending here, it's actually the actualization of this has been a really being here, and this is how you get out of here is by really being here. I was trying to get out of here my whole life, and that would, it never worked. Yeah? And I would match my conviction with drug addiction to any spiritual devotee of all time, and yet I didn't transcend the situation through drugs. Nor do I believe you can transcend the situation through spiritual practices. Because you can't transcend something that's not here. It's not so. It's like a vast mental oasis that has oases. How would you say a double, a dual oasis? Oasises? These has oases in the oasis. Yeah? We don't get that we're in the big oasis and we're looking around all the, the oasis and, and we're thinking, oh, it's not there, but we're actually living in the biggest one. <laughs> we're living from there. Watch, watch people how much they're seeking. If they were really happy, why would they seek so much? If they were satisfied, why would they be so open to buy the newest thing in the back of a magazine, you know, to promise you to lose 10 pounds in 50 days or something? Why is this incessant seeking to improve and get better arising all the time, it seems like? Yeah. There must be some things that are just not right. And it doesn't seem to ever turn into a long-lasting rightness by our activities. It seems like you get into some Buddhism and then you need turbocharged Buddhism five years after. Or, you know, you run and then you got to buy all the outfits and now you're running, you know, whatever. And on and on, it's always more, the idea of more. If you like this, more, more. But this is really another way about it. It's like you're going to get nothing, and there's nothing you can do with nothing. The mind will try to make it something, but it will persistently stay nothing. Yeah. And I tell you, nothing is the gift that keeps on giving. Really. If you can get back to what you are exactly are right now, with no added to it, nothing, nothing added to it, that is... Something will ding, like for me it was an unspoken yes. And then the, the, that little chronic dissatisfaction became a certain uh, ease and comfort. Yeah. So you know the tree by the fruit. You know, something, if you fall upon something that has worked for a real long time, and the more you work, the more you're in it, the less work it's needed. In other words, it sustains itself. Then you're on to something. And to me, that's freedom. And, you know, recovery is such a great thing. So many different ways. But one of the nicest ways is uh, spoken, I think, tradition too. I'm going to change. Maybe I don't know what they meant by saying it. But it says, to me, it says, there's a loving God or a loving power that's going to express itself throughout group conscience. So when we get together, we open up to some portal and some other presence other than our preoccupation with me can override each and every one of us. And so, individually, we may all be assholes, but when we get together, it's a sweet <laughs> perfume gets produced. Yeah, And yet, after the meeting, you probably may hate the person or the practice. But in the meeting, if you can really just sit there, it's, I seem, it's always seems to be there. I mean, I found meetings that I like, and so it seems so. And why I like them is because it works. They, it has a great batting average, that meeting. It just seems like, yeah... It's just a ready sense. And it motivates me. Like the drive. Wake up Sunday morning and drive to San Rafael. I don't, you didn't used to do anything like that. I just wouldn't go if it was like 20 minutes away. But because I found a little home there, it's just a really, it's like being, it's like 
that tribal feeling and then going to like the fire at night with the whole community. It's just a wonderful sense goes on. Sense of belonging, other different senses. And this presence, this, what do you want to call, I don't call it a conditioned spirit, I'd say it's the, the context, you know, that awareness. And we have all the possibility, because the easiest way to get out of an alcoholic mind is through service. And we have a never-ending supply of people coming in and going out, you know, to participate in that great act of uh, sharing the message. Either you giving the message and they receiving it, or, you know, you carrying the message and they receiving it, or them carrying the message and you receive it. It's a beautiful, like, symbiotic dance we all do. Yeah, it's a great, unbelievable position to be in. And they're all over the world. I can, I've gone to Bombay, everywhere else, Indonesia, Malaysia, gone to meetings everywhere. And, you know, that, that same flavor, because it's you, that's the flavor bringer, it's you. If you've been touched by the event of being taken out of hell, there's a certain... Uh, a deep gratitude you may not even know you have. It's almost like your attitude's infused with it, at least about that one topic of not being in hell anymore. Yeah, because after being in hell for quite a while in this place called time, my mind, the, the absence of that hell is a great presence in my day. Yeah, It's a living presence, the absence of that shit. And I get to have be reminded every time I come to meetings of what happens... I mean, if a thought came and said, you got to drink, which is maybe, I don't think it's happened in a long time, the difference between me drinking and not would be if I held it as mine or I saw it as a thought. If, even if I just saw it as an alcoholic thought, I'd have immunity to it. You don't see if the one little word, my, and its absence can produce relief. Why not follow it and see how much relief it can produce? It's like it says in the air, you know, uh, you realize that something is done for you what you can't do for yourself. Enlarge that circle. <laughs> Throw more of what you can't do for yourself into that circle. And what could be called a shitty life can be recycled, and, you know, which I feel it does. I think AA is the greatest recycler of humans I've ever seen. Really, people who already condemned themselves as being totally worthless fall into AA, and now they have creds, they're helping others, and there's a huge sense of an opening. And they have that perfume of that higher power coming out of them because they're willing to be in a position to be of help. It's great, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, remember when, when I used to do service a lot, there would be a feeling of, uh, when I did it, I'd get relief, yeah? And then you'd feel bigger. You know, that's the best way I can describe it. You just felt like, in a way, you came out of that little claustrophobic ass of self and you popped out and then you felt a little better. And then in that space, you sensed the presence. You know? And maybe the people you were with were totally down and out and totally screwed, but there'd be a living, loving energy somehow. And it was a pretty good uh, formula. It worked quite a lot, especially H&I I always would leave there with an incredible amount of gratitude. Even if I was totally obsessed with something, 15 minutes after through and during the meeting, my just the whole thing would drop and I'd be in that space. So here, all right, so there I am. I'm already in a condition I may not know I'm in, which is identified as self, which produces the incredible need to get out of self, obviously. The more you're obsessed with yourself, the more you're going to be seeking to get out, Yeah. The dilemma is, is the thing that believes it's getting out is also self, yeah? which always has you returning back into a deeper level of being in self. Yeah? <laughs> even when you get out of self, it even makes it worse when you get back into a deeper level of being in it, because you think, oh, I was out of it one time. <laughs> so it really, its own relief is used to create excruciating suffering <laughs> once it's claimed. <laughs> uses an experience you called yourself so fortunate but now you're as unlucky as hell one experience that you were out of self once but now it seems like you're always in self and it makes it worse because you were once out of self <laughs> so here I am I do service and uh, I get out of self and then I feel this space I'm feeling you know what it is is you're available you know? you're available to others and when I'm available to others I sense then there's this presence yeah 
what would happen if you're the presence that you sensed? Because it's just the way you sense you as a body. You sense it. Yet this is called you. You sense a presence. Why don't you say that as you? Maybe if you got a hit that that was you, and maybe the next time service produced that state of the absence of self, and you said, hey, maybe I'm that. When If you're that, then you are the presence that you sensed when you got out of self. You are actually that. That would mean if, and the word is beautiful, presence, that means you're available. No matter what you're fucking thinking you are, you're available to what's happening, yeah? And if you're available, you're of service. Isn't that incredible? To me, all right, on this one level, I've got to do service to get out of self. But in the same arena, there's another level that's the presence that you used to sense when you got out of self. And so now, when you seem to go in self, you rely on that. So even if you seem to go in self, you always return that you're out of self. Instead of getting out of self and always returning to be in self. Because when you return to be in self, most of your time seems to be in self. And a little of the time seems to be out of self. This is the exact opposite. Most of your time is, quote unquote, what you'd say, out of self. And then maybe a few times you're in self. You know, that's a whole fucking game changer. The difference between irritable restlessness and discontent as the baseline... And ease and comfort as the baseline. That's what it's like. Yeah. So okay, I get so the presence I sense when I'm out of self. Maybe that's what that's what I'm truly that's what I truly am is that presence I'm sensing. I'm calling it something else because I'm still identified as this. So this has to become a knower of God. It can't be God. Like Ramana Maharshi said, a great a great master from India, he says, When you know God, to know God is to be God. That's what it's actually like. But what happens with us, the stubbornness of the identification is when we know God, we become a knower of God. This is still the fucking center of the universe. This still is still self-centeredness. Yeah? And it's a failed system. It provokes all the anxiety you're ever going to have. You can always root it back to self-centeredness. Jesus Christ, how can I get relief from self as self? You can't. But maybe if I'm not self, bang, that's the relief. Exactly. We have a perfect way of life to maintain that being out of self as a real prior condition through the steps of AA. The steps of AA allow us to recognize the parasite. When you recognize the parasite, the mind kicks into, hey, I can be free of that because I'm not that. You can't entertain true freedom as it. You can't. I don't know, maybe you can. I didn't find it in this mind. When the mind takes it to, it's, itself to be something, it can't entertain being free of it. It can entertain being free as it, which it may do for years. It may entertain being free, you know, but it can't entertain being free from it because it's what? Identified as it. If the identification as it is in place, there's really no help in a sense there's tons of help, but no radical shift's going to happen, in my view. So, there you go. That's the presentation. Could get me lynched. You know, I'm sort of insignificant, you know, in a way. We all are. If people don't agree with you, they basically shut you off. Yeah, so all of that happens. The self has a lot of, uh, this parasite, it's pretty, it's pretty good, it's a strategy, because it knew it's such a hostile uh, strain, yeah? When it takes you over as a host, it doesn't treat you well, does it? No. It fucking really, it sucks you fucking dry, and you're lucky if you die young. A lot of people just keep on, keep on on, because uh, the parasite doesn't want to lose its host, you know? You know what I mean? It just sucks you, sucks you, sucks you. You get limps, abscesses, you know, failed marriages, <laughs> bankruptcy, but you're still 
ticking. He <laughs> can't kill it, you know? It's like a palmetto bug or something, like a cockroach. I once said, in, in Florida, they have palmetto bugs. You know, they're like huge cockroaches, big, like fucking battleship cockroaches. And, you know, they can fly for about 15 feet, but they have, it doesn't seem like they have any navigational system. They just fly all over. And I had a house. I was living with these nudists, really. I was the only, I didn't like being nude, so. But I was living with a family of nudists in South Florida, in Coconut Grove. And I rented this room, and it was a nice place, and, you know, nice little jungle, jungleish backyard. But at night, I'd hear these things making noise in the room. And then I realized, they're fucking, I saw them, and these, there was two of them. So I got all these candles around my, I had a futon, you know. I was, these candles, I was sort of like, a, you know, trying to keep them from getting into the inner circle where I was sleeping. But I, I'd be awake sometimes, I'd hear them going through the dresser. <laughs> and I had these shoes back then. They had this, they had, they, they, there was these shoes they called earth shoes. It only had a couple of years, but a lot of people in spirituality had them. And so I had them, they were like five pounds each, you know. Very so one night I waited. I stayed up to hear the fucking palmetto bugs. And uh, I heard one, and then one was skimpering across the, the ground. There was, a, there was no rug on it, it was just a wood floor. So I slowly went up to him, and I had the issue, and I squished it. I just went, whack, and I squished it. You know, and I had a paper bag I was going to put in. And it was like this for like five seconds, and suddenly went, it got up and started crying. And I said, fuck it. I moved out. I surrendered to the palmetto box. Really? He scared the living hell out of me. He's pretty kill the fucking thing. <laughs> well, this thing is a nasty mental parasite. And yet, if it's going to take the host... It's got to have a good strategy because let's say like a big palmetto bug flew right on you now. You'd flip out like this and your first reaction would be like this, right? You wouldn't be going, oh, look at this ugly, incredible, alien-looking insect. You'd fucking, oh, 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 yeah, and you'd try to get away as far as you could. Now, in a sense, the parasite of alcohol is a lot nastier than these bugs. They, they may look nasty, but this thing is fucking nasty, Yeah. But when it takes us over, it, we don't throw it off, do we? We don't shake it off. We don't, do we? It sort of ingratiates itself immediately into the system and starts talking as if it's us. It starts taking over our life. You're not like you when you were six years old when you, after you started drinking. A lot of the qualities that you had since you were a kid get dismissed after a few years of drinking and using drugs, yeah? You become almost like a ghost or a... It has a... It hollows you out if you really go to the extreme. Yeah? Yet, why is it that the host can't get away from the parasite? doesn't even think about getting away from the parasite because it's identified as the parasite. And it thinks about freedom a lot. I mean, every time I shot dope, I was struck by That's what I wanted I mean, well, I wanted to escape. My, my whole life was about fucking escaping from right now. So that urge or that drive was in place perfectly, wanting to escape from what I thought was bad. <clears throat> but my mind was locked into a weird little handcuff, which is it took itself to be what it wanted to get out of. Yeah? So that immediately... It, it already made all of its journeys a failed one because no radical relief from the bondage of self ever could last because I was actively taking myself to be that. Yeah? So what, what happens? You start entertaining freedom as it, which usually doesn't work well, does it? He finds this the greatest of all great messages, and after a few years of practicing it, you're looking for a, a, a new turbocharged message or another thing. It doesn't seem to be, nothing really tends to work for a long-lasting period of time. But this, if I'm not that, then the mind, because its ability to entertain is unbelievable, it can entertain, hey, I can be free from it. And then maybe, maybe the rest of your life is going to be the expression of the mind entertaining the possibility it can be free from alcoholism. Maybe that's what it's going to look like as an expression. Yeah, I like that one. I would say that captures it for me in a sense. 
my mind is just entertaining the possibility of being free from that. And it just shows me more and more levels of expression about what that freedom could look like, you know, a day at a time. And it's just an incredible, curious, self-sustaining expression. But it needed, the first knot is what it needed to be liberated from, the knot of being identified as. It needed to entertain the possibility, hey, maybe I'm not that, and now it's actualizing I'm not that. In a lot of ways that you can't imagine while you're living, yeah? But it's a pretty, what seemed to be going to a dead end, it just keeps opening up. I'm getting healthier as I get older. All this shit's happening. The whole thing seemed, the whole momentum of that fucking failed story seems to have been interrupted and a whole new story popped out. Yeah. It's mind-boggling. I mean, someone who knows me, three years ago, I didn't look like this at all. I was so much healthier. I was near death's door. Yeah? It's chronically fucked all, most of the time. And yet somehow something happened. I read the, met the right person, and now I'm going the opposite direction. Going, getting healthier, in a way, as I get older. <laughs> totally contrary to my thought system. Totally contrary to it. But I don't rely on the thought system. Because it's not mine. It's not mine. That's the immunity. So if you're just coming into recovery, listen to people share. And I bet you after a few months, that sense of terminal uniqueness, that shell of terminal uniqueness will start getting cracked. Because it'll sure sound like people have your thoughts and your feelings and your reactions to life. And how could that possibly be if they were yours? They're not yours, that's why. Because we're all been taken over by the same parasite called alcoholism. We're all maybe hundreds of thousands of different hosts, but we express the same characteristics into our life because what's running the show is the same fucking parasite called alcoholism. You see you, you see me, we're run-the-mill alcoholics. No matter how special and how crazy you were and how romantic your acting out was, you're still the same fucking thing. Yeah, because and the beautiful news is you're not. That's the beautiful freaking news. That's the that's the that's the that's like the promise of the solution is when the solution starts appearing in your life, the problem promise of it is you're not that. You're not that which is assumed by the thought system. You're not the owner and the claimer of all the activities of the body and the brain. You're not the proprietor of any of this. Yeah? I don't know what you are, but you can definitely realize what you're not. And to me, that's more than enough. Once you start seeing what you're not, it facilitates or accesses what you are to really start downloading and become obvious in your life. Yeah? And it doesn't seem to be slowing up. I've been enthused about this idea for years. Still have every Monday and Wednesday and Saturday. It's mind-boggling. You would think I'd be bored every once in a while, but no, because that's that's the taste of it. It's an infinite possibility. Yeah, it's got flavor upon flavor upon flavor. It's like a it's like a movement of water that, that each glass never tastes the exact same in a way. It's constantly the same refreshment, but it's. It feels a little different, or you see it a little bit differently. It's really, so, you know, like it says in recovery, there's a point where the problem will not exist for you anymore. Yeah? Beautiful state. But the real beauty is when it doesn't exist as you, the feeling that it doesn't exist for you will stabilize. If it doesn't exist as you, it won't just be a feeling it doesn't exist for you. It will be a state. It doesn't exist as you. Because you are much more as as than a for. Yeah? If it doesn't exist as you, then the feeling that it doesn't exist for you can stabilize. Yeah? And then you can get on with life. You know? You can. You can allow life to do a lot more. You give it free reign to really express. You're not constantly stuck in the first and second gear, backward, forward, backward, forward, backward, forward, you know? Yeah. I've noticed it a lot with people I've watched over the years. You know? They have some old ideas, and so they come into recovery, 
and the life blossoms, you know? They, they find a place to live, they get a job, yeah? They get a car, they meet a girl, and other things. Yet, they, they, the mind in selfing is relying on these old ideas. That's who you are, really, is just a bunch of old ideas based on the old oldest one. And one of those old ideas may be you're a loser, yeah? And it's an airtight case. So here you are, life is reflecting a different story than the one your mind's telling you about you. Things seem to be going well. Nice girl, this girl, she's somewhat sane and she really likes me. How can she really like me? I'm a fucking loser. Like that, yeah? And it's starting to get me a push comes to shove. Either the old ideas are let go of or what? The mind explodes the outside. So, to be right. So what happens? The person drinks again. They're washed up, they lose the job, they lose the girl, they lose their car, but they're fucking right. You see, I'm a loser. This is what happens, man, unless the old ideas are looked at. And why not get back to the oldest one? The, ho- the hold of all the old ideas on you is because they're like little moons to the sun of the oldest idea, you as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. To me, it's more like you as a mental process, a mental product. Yeah? That's the oldest idea. It's like uh, the Course, they have a great Course in Miracles. I don't know if you ever heard that. Course in Miracles is, uh, well, it's an interesting uh, book. But in, they have a lesson for every day. Supposedly, if you follow the Course, you do a lesson a day, 365 days. Hopefully, you're not practicing it on a leap year, you know, 66 days. <laughs> And uh, the second lesson is a beautiful statement about perception here. And it's, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. Yeah? That's what comprises what we call a subjective experience. And everyone's in a subjective experience here, right? We can be looking at the same thing, but I'll, from where you are looking at it, from where I'm looking at it, it's going to give it a different meaning. Yes? Yeah, yeah. It's obvious. Yet, we don't even allow that to sit in and really see. What does that really say? What it says is like what it says in the foreword in the big book that we are a hundred men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Yeah? The word there seemingly is the important one because if it was a hopeless state of mind and body then there would be no recovery from it. Yeah? I was living as if it was the case that's why I wanted to keep getting loaded because from where I saw it from there was no nothing was going to work. I'd spent two years and three months in drug programs and I still got loaded again. So basically, I was hunkered down into that that quote unquote reality. Hey, this is not going to, nothing's going to change this. So I might as well just get high until they catch me or get killed, whatever. Yeah. But seemingly, it's an incredible word. It means it appears to be true or false to you. Yeah. So what happens in AA? AA <laughs> changes your mind, and now a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body is not, it's just a hopeless state. It's not even a hopeless state of mind and body, because you see others recovering and you recovering, yeah? And then you realize, Jesus, who needed to be won over in this event? You. Yeah? Because you give everything the meaning it has. What would be the biggest meaning you could give anything? That it's you. So the mental process has given this idea of being a me, a you, all the meaning it can, which is it's you. Much bigger than God, much bigger than anything. Yeah. Self is the biggest God of all. That's why it says in recovery you got to quit playing God. Because self is playing God up the wazoo all freaking day. Your head's telling you how the day's going to be before you even get up. Tells you how you were, how you're going to be, how you will be, how they were. That's on and on and on and on. It's forecasting. It's like a crazy weatherman. <laughs> Every time you turn it on, whoa! Be a worry. Be really worried. Why? Is something happening? No, but it's going to happen. And so we live in what's not happening. And what's not happening, anything can happen. Your mind, whatever it can imagine can happen, it can imagine it to happen. Yeah? You can be totally great right now, but if you believe you may not be next week, how much does your mind enjoy being okay now? Not much. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. Look at it. It's, a, it's all of it. It's, it. it's revealed all day. It's revealed all day. 
We just need the eyes and the ears to see and hear. It's revealed all day. Watch it. You're the seeing of it. You're not a thought. You're not a body. You're the seeing of those thoughts. You're the seeing of the body. You're a consciousness or awareness or something like that. I like to call it nothingness. I don't know what the fuck it is, but I know it's not a thing in and of itself. No, this thing at best is like a like a, a facilitator for nothingness to move through. Sort of like um, we're all flutes with different holes, and then life blows through us, and a certain tune is made. Yet we think it's like we talked about the other day with the uh, toaster. You know, like the, the appliances in the kitchen. One is has a function of making toast. Yeah, one has a function of blending fruits. One has a function of microwaving something, yeah? And let's say, uh, but they're all driven by one force, yeah? Electricity, yeah? Now, if the toaster is self-centered, it, it thinks it's what's making the toast. So it has opinions about the toast it's making. I'm a you know, terrible, terrible toaster. I burn everything. And they, oh, I won't take rye bread. No, no fucking way. I'm not dealing with white bread. I'm Wonder Bread Man, whatever it may be. Yeah? These giant stories would come up about what it's like to be a toaster, but they're all brought to us by the electricity. Yet the toaster's not honoring the electricity at all. Yet without it, it doesn't even fulfill its name, which is a toaster. This is what it's like. Yeah? We're functioning to produce an experience here. But what is having the experience is not the toaster. Yeah. This just allows us, we have a spectrum of how we can see on a light range. We have hearing. It's just like a toaster or a blender with eight different speeds. Yeah. We have all these different ways to have an experience here. But it ain't the body that's having the experience. It's not the toaster that's producing the toast. It just facilitates it. Yeah. It's the electricity. Do you see the electricity? No. All you do is see its effects. Yeah? And yet we're taking the effects to be what's so, and we're forgetting the source of all the effects, which is what's truly so. How can everything go well with that mistake right at the beginning? It's like if I wanted to go to Des Moines, yeah, and I, I swore I was going to take 20,000 steps, but the first step was in the wrong direction. I could take 50,000 steps. I'm still not going to get to Des Moines. Because I'm not going the right way. Maybe, maybe get the diagnosis correct. Check it out. A is an incredible way of life. It can really provide an ample platform for illumination. Really. Illumination can settle in this way to, into this way of life. We have a sense of belonging. Da, 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 da. The illumination, it's a perfect conveyor for the illumination. But we are the light. We are the light. Yeah? These things just facilitate the light being, let's say, the brightness of it or the awareness of it, but they don't produce the light. Yeah? Ah, it's great news.